Now back to On the Block with Strick and Austin on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. Let's get into it not waste any time with our uh, guest on the Allo VIP line uh, brought to you by Allo Fiber where they understand the importance of exceptional service with local heart. We bring in Evan Bland of the Omaha World Herald with us here again on that Allo VIP line. Evan, how are you, my friend? Hey, guys. How's it going? What's up? Great. It's early national signing day. We we can't complain. Evan, I'm going to assume you're at the press conference and the whole press conference was basically just Matt Rule's opening statement. Like that was a full presser length, you know, deal in and of itself without even a question being asked. What do you take away from Matt Rule's 15 minute opening statement? Yeah, I mean, a lot of gratitude for sure. Um, you're not going to talk for what? Well, yeah, 10, 15 minutes if you didn't feel that way about like everything from the the legacy prospects and the former players to the athletic department to the parents who put their trust in them to the staffers both uh, on field and behind the scenes like it it does it, it kind of takes a village right and it, it kind of um comes to a head on a day like this when you have guys making decisions on the day of and flipping and and you're you're seeing other guys through that committed maybe in the summer all the way to the end and like it just there, you could kind of tell in his voice he was he was hoarse, right, from doing a lot of talking. Um, and, and there was kind of that glow of, like, this was a job well done. And not every signing day always comes with that. And obviously, Dylan Rayola is a big part of that, but they were successful with three day-of decisions from talented Miami players. Uh, they get Bly Hill out of the transfer portal, who they're pretty excited about. And so... It was, a, it was a class that they put a lot of it together in the summer, and then they closed strong and, and were able to add some pretty transformational players like uh, Raiola and, and Carter Nelson in the, in the mix, too. So I think there's a recognition that, yeah, he did a lot of work, and the program uh, you know, has a vision that it can, and can sell and that guys um, you know, understand and, and grasp onto, but that there were also a lot of people behind the scenes that helped make it happen. It's a big class for Nebraska. You mentioned the three guys that have made their decisions today, adding to an already pretty full class. I, I was of the the impression and the opinion that the staff putting together the class that they did in their, their month and change last year before the early signing day was impressive. But I think this class at least tells me a little bit more about the, the vision that Matt Rule and his coaching staff have for this program. Uh, what are your takeaways about this uh, class and what does it tell you about the staff? Yeah, I mean, it's a different sort of, of vibe, right? Like a year ago, Matt Rule had been on campus for a month. He was learning the roster. They're adding, I think it was 11 transfers just in the in the first window that we've just seen, you know, compared to one this year. Um, so last year was about filling holes and kind of figuring some things out, uh, you know, getting ready for that first year. This year was a lot different. This is in an, This is entirely Matt Rule's class. There are no... Uh, you know, holdover commits in this group that he had to re-recruit or reconvince. These are guys that that Matt Rule and his staff built relationships with, that they identified, that they, uh, in most cases, got commitments from many months ago, five, six, seven months ago, and they've been solid to the end. And so I, I think you see this a lot uh, in college football where you have a new coach come in, and 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 typically that first class ha- is sort of a scramble. But then you have that sort of uh, 
you know, that, that changing of the guard sort of class in, in, in the next year where you can still sell vision and hope and what is going to be, uh, but you've also been around long enough to kind of know what you want to do and, and, and you know, you've, you've gotten familiar with your surroundings and what it takes to win in your respective conference or whatever. And I think that's where this group is right now. I think, uh, you know, a year in the Big Ten and a year in Lincoln, Nebraska has Matt Rule with a, a defined idea of what it's going to take to win. I think they went out and addressed uh, a lot of that in terms of especially the offensive linemen, the skill positions. Um, again, obviously, uh, at the quarterback spot where not just Riola, but Daniel Kalen's a pretty darn good quarterback prospect in his own right. So I think they addressed a lot of immediate issues while at the same time bringing in some guys that they feel like they can mold for a year or two behind the scenes and turn into pretty good players. Well, speaking, speaking of um, linemen, you said that the, the addressing of the line, um, we know we got Grant Bricks. We know we got Grant Bricks, and um, a lot of people are high on him uh, being in state, so forth and so on. We know what all transpired with that. But uh, Eric Case on uh, the stream – a Facebook stream. He says, I've been watching film on Jake Peters. I wanted to throw this out to you because uh, we, we appreciate our listeners. And sometimes we have guys like yourself with the expertise that you have. We love to uh, get the answer. He says, I was watching film on Jake Peters. He said, the kid may be the best lineman in the group that they brought in. What, what, what say you to that potentially? Yeah. I mean, I think you can absolutely make that case. And sometimes when you get to signing day, like the, a lot of the attention goes to maybe the newer commits or some of the headliners in terms of the stars that are next to their names. But quite often, and, and Jake Peters is a great example of this, you get a guy who commits earlier in the process, quietly has uh, a big senior year and, and sort of, you know, you don't want to say gets taken for granted, but uh, sort of blends in with the rest of the class and all the other moving pieces that occur. And so, yeah, I think Peters is a, a really interesting prospect and uh, you know one piece of uh, growing evidence that Donovan Riola can do some recruiting I mean and it, with 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 him and with um, Bricks and a number of other uh, signings they had even a guy like uh, Ian Flint who's coming in as a tight end I think could possibly be a, an offensive lineman down the road so uh, Peters yeah he, he could be one of those um, you know unsung members of this class he's from Cedar Falls Iowa so I'm sure he's close to the heart of Trev Alberts, uh, you know, the AD who, who once terrorized quarterbacks out that way. So I, I think it speaks to the depth of this class where you have some of your obvious headliners, but you also have some talent, uh, again, I think on the line. And, and to, to me, too, like it, it's a testament to how far this group has come in terms of depth because – uh, there's not talk about a guy like that or a guy like Bricks uh, having to come in and step in and start or play meaningful snaps as a freshman. Like there's the luxury of, of them being able to develop behind the scenes. You think about guys that are already in the system, like Sam Sledge or Gunnar Gatula um, and some of the other younger guys playing like Teddy Prohaska. And that's a group that's in uh, a great spot right now. And I think, again, the guys that you see coming into this class will probably be part of the mix when you start talking about what the line will look like in 2025 and beyond. Evan, I think there are two groups of players that Nebraska fans love talking about more than any others, and that's Nebraska legacies and in-state players. Let's start with the legacies. Just how important was it for Nebraska to get not just any, you know, sons of former players, but the ones they did when you look at, you know, Riola and Benning, Keelan Smith, Quinn Clark, even Camden Cook to some degree. 
Right. Uh, I mean, it's it's great. It's it's huge. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra low net carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Because you know, I, I think especially in the era that we're in now, where every year you have to re-recruit your own roster, and, and guys can transfer, and they can do whatever. And the guys that you just mentioned, the in-state guys and the legacy guys, are the ones that typically have the most investment to where they are. And so, I, I mean, it's not to say that uh, a guy like Dylan Raiola couldn't transfer in a year or two, whatever. But, like, when you say the things that he said about having his name etched on the wall at Memorial Stadium and wants to be something uh, different than a, a cog and a powerhouse machine and, and kind of write his own story, like – that's powerful stuff, and I think it takes it would take a lot for a guy to to pull away from that after he makes the kind of commitment that he did. So, you know, I, I think we're seeing it in general in this program. Like players want to be at Nebraska. You've only seen three uh, transfer scholarship players leave at this point, uh, which is unusual uh, in, in college football. So, I think you have guys like Raiola, guys like Helen Smith, who understand what this place means. Quinn Clark. Like we said, um, and, and and on down the line, I think yeah, it's 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 huge because these guys not only are talented players, but they also understand the culture piece. They understand what football and, and the football program means to the city and the state, and, and and those are the guys that are bought in and and can bring other guys along. So if you can find the talent and the, the players who understand sort of the importance of that, like you're you're hitting on all cylinders. When you talk about the in-state guys too. Nebraska got the top six players in the in the state by most recruiting services. Um, missed out on the Rezac brothers uh, from Westside, the back-to-back state champion. But I think Nebraska did a good job of finding those guys and, and getting them into campus. A lot of that helps with you know Daniel Kalen bringing two of them along with him in Hall and McMorris. But the effort they put in on Carter Nelson, waiting as long as they did for Caleb Benning. Do you think that getting the top talent in-state is just a priority this year because it was a good in-state class? Or do you think that's going to be a focus for Matt Rule and his staff moving forward too? Yeah, I think it's a trend. And it's not like this is a, a new thing under Matt Rule. I mean, quite honestly, Scott Frost landed quite a few in-state players that have gone on to be lead contributors for Nebraska too. I think it's a testament to certainly the rising level of talent in the state. I think it's a testament to uh, some of the academies that have popped up. I mean, Matt Rule today specifically mentions a guy like you know, Steve Warren, who has his own academy and, and has done a great job in um, promoting players and getting their names out there. I think it's a testament to maybe to an extent the idea that, yeah, there, there already was a lot of talent here. But in this era of, of huddle and, and social media, like it's a lot easier uh, for those players to get their names out there. So I don't see this trend going the other way anytime soon it, it, it you know five to ten years ago ten years ago i mean you're talking two three four maybe power five sort of um prospects out of the state every year and it's it's well doubled and, and beyond at this point so um yeah i think it's it's a, a clear priority for matt rule and company i think uh, again a lot of the relationships they're building with high school coaches and uh, academies and, and things like that are going to pay off. And, and Matt Rule said it again today, like he wants to promote these Nebraska off season camps to be a thing that 
anybody can come to and, and, and players can prove themselves and they can get to know the coaches and the programs and, and that sort of thing um, can absolutely pay off year to year down the road. We know the quarterback position was one Nebraska needed to address in the offseason. Uh, Dylan Raiola in the class, Daniel Kalen in the class, but no transfer portal quarterback. Probably not how Nebraska fans, you know, drew it up after Black Friday against Iowa. Evan, what do you make of how Nebraska handled the quarterback position this offseason? How do you feel about that room in 2024 and 25? Well, I mean, the conversation changed when Raiola opened things back up, and you could kind of see the way it was going when they bring Kyle McCord to campus, like he was going to be the one year guy. And then you, you know, you bring in a guy like Kalen who could develop, you let Herberg and Purdy compete for that backup spot. And maybe they take a step forward uh, as they really settle into the position for the first time as college players. And, you know, you could, you could see how that path could move forward. And there would have been a lot of excitement for a guy like Kyle McCord coming over uh, who'd been 12 and one as a starter in college. So, you know, I thought that was a, a reasonable path, but I mean, when you have a chance, when a guy like Dylan Raiola says, yeah, I want to come there, like you're going to, you're going to change your plans. And so, um, you know, whether that means he's the starter out of the gates next year, whether that means he eases into it, like you see a, a lot of five stars do remains to be seen, but you, you just kind of got to figure it out. If, if he's in here, he wants to be here. He can be one of those transformational uh, talents and leaders that can also draw other skill players in. Uh, you know, you, you go from there. And, and Matt Rule said it again today. Like that's that's the path that they're going. They're going to go a little bit younger with with Kalen and Raiola. And again, you still have Purdy and Harbor in the mix. And you know, we'll see kind of how how it goes. They still have another month to assess the situation and and you know have feelers out there. You don't know who could still enter the portal or what could go on. But at this point, it's, it looks like a pretty darn healthy room with more depth than they've had in a while. And, and certainly more of the, the long-term high-end upside, you know, the, than you can really think of in recent memory. Today's signing day, but after today, Evan, it's back to business as usual. What's left for Nebraska football to accomplish this offseason? Well, with this class, it's mostly complete. I mean, barring maybe a, a player or two that decides not to sign with their school during this period, maybe you could revisit that. But uh, rules said it today, too. They're probably looking at one or two transfer additions between now and when UNL classes start on January 22nd. So you're, you're probably looking at a receiver, maybe a running back if things break right that way. And then you just kind of see who else is in there and, and where things go. And then I think beyond that, uh, that's when you start uh, shoring up what your staff's going to look like next year. Um, you know, Matt Rule didn't want to get into it today about uh, whether they would have a, a quarterback coach, a, a specific quarterback coach, what that could look like. That'll probably resolve itself when the NFL season ends, if I were to guess, next month. Um, so that's a big part of it. And then you just get into – the 2025 class, you get into development with your current players through mat drills and workouts and, and nutrition and all that. And, and you, uh, you know, you do the development part of being a developmental program until spring ball gets going, uh, you know, sometime in March. Evan, uh, very Merry Christmas to you and your family. Thanks for all your time. We'll talk again soon after the holidays. Yep. Merry Christmas, guys.
There he is, Evan Bland of the Omaha World Herald with us on our VIP lane brought to you by Allo Fiber, where they understand the importance of exceptional service with local heart. We do also need to uh, let you know that that interview with Evan and all of our thoughts on the early National Signing Day are sponsored by members-owned credit union. You can set the stage for success by getting a rewards card with low rates and dazzling member services at members-owned credit union locations in Lincoln and Beatrice, or you can learn more at membersownedcu.org. He's Eric Strickland. I'm Austin Norman. We've got some Nebraska ball news to get to you on the other side before we dive back into signing day. We'll wrap up hour one of On the Block with that news in just a moment.